Hello, my name is John Floyd. I'm the project manager for the Capital Park Development, representing the developer. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking people on which the Capital Park Development sits. We're standing here at the corner of Menzies and Superior, uh, and you are about to undertake an audio tour of 355 Menzies Street. Hi, my name is Kevin Welsh. I was the lead project manager uh, focusing on the sustainability and certification of the 355 Menzies Street project. Uh, right now we're standing at the bus line number two and three uh, here on Menzies Street looking at the frontage of the building. 355 Menzies is a residential component of the Capital Park project composed of 52 rental residential units with ground floor retail space. Ground floor retail is now occupied by the James Bay branch of the Greater Victoria Public Library and a, a new branch of the Red Barn Market. So we're listening to the hustle and bustle along Menzies Street, which includes cyclists, public transit, and the odd single occupancy vehicle. What should be noted about the building in the context of the Capital Park development as a whole is actually its contribution to the traditional mixed use project type. So by providing larger density residential buildings uh, and opportunities for people to live close to where they work, this building offers an ideal example of the sorts of lifestyles we want to live as part of a more sustainable society. To add to that, 355 Menzies is also the gateway into the parkade and the shared common spaces of the project. For vehicle and cyclist commuters, 355 Menzies is one of two ways to access the development for those who park in, the, in either the bike storage or the parkade facilities. The second entrance being off of Superior Street under 545 Superior. So as mentioned earlier, we have both the Victoria Public Library and the Red Barn Market. Both of these tenants were sought after as a means of providing the types of retail or tenant amenities to the occupants of the building, which provide real value in the context of what people need when they're living close and living and working close to home. So we've now moved inside the lobby, serving the residential portion of the building. This is where tenants and visitors would access the elevators or stairs, as well as a small amenity space for residents, uh, a small library where they can choose to sit, work, read a book while they, uh, they want to break from their unit up above. What the lobby really showcases for us is the types of finishes and materials we put into this project, which contribute to a lower emission building. Uh, at the heart of the design and the selection of the finishes for the residential suites, we focused on finding materials that emit fewer VOCs or volatile organic compounds, the types of chemicals and emissions you get as part of a new car smell or something like that. Uh, the intent being that those ultimately detract from human health and so when we walk into our nice clean fresh smelling lobby that identifies the types of works we've done in the residential suites themselves which contributes to that high quality indoor environment as well. Adding to that this project is also served by hydronic baseboard heating, so very similar to the system in the commercial buildings of the same development. Here, rather than being deployed in a ceiling or in the floor, they are small hydronic baseboards, but all the heating is provided by, by a hydronic or hot water system. 
So unfortunately, none of the units are available for us to visit today, all being fully leased. However, they have all been designed to be efficient, compact spaces, either bachelor, one-bedroom, or two-bedroom spaces. They are equipped with Energy Star appliances, low-flow fixtures, and a variety of durable finishes with the intention that this building will maintain its, its quality and appearance for a number of years. To build off the conversation around low-flow fixtures, the project had intended from the beginning to deliver a water use reduction in around 35 to 40 percent. In the context of a residential building of this density, that's roughly equal to about 4 million litres of water saved each year through the simple selection and specification of the types of water efficient fixtures, which we'd ideally like to see applied across multiple residences. So when we're talking about water savings in the building, we can also talk about how that water savings impacts the infrastructure that serves the building. In the context of Victoria, there's a significant regional priority to try and minimize and reduce the amount of both stormwater runoff and sanitary wastewater that we produce with our buildings. By selecting and including the types of fixtures which reduce potable water, what we've in turn done is help support that system and reduce the demand for larger infrastructure and more wastewater generation. We're now leaving the lobby and we'll be taking the elevator down to the parkade. We have now entered the area of the parkade that serves visitors to the building as well as contains two of the project's electrical vehicle charging stations. What the electric vehicle charging stations support is the use of high efficiency vehicles um, based off of electricity rather than our traditional fuel. What that means from an environmental perspective is pretty straightforward. What we're trying to support is the selection of electric vehicles uh, as a means of reducing the emissions associated with their use when we commute to and from our, our work. Material recycling and reuse is an important component of the development. Uh, accordingly, the building allows for the recycling of up to seven different waste streams, starting with organics, soft plastics, containers, and a number of other categories of materials that are all sorted, collected, and returned to appropriate distribution areas for reuse or recycling. So if we were to head up to the roof of the building, what we'd be able to look at is an example of the types of high reflectivity finishes that we've provided for our, our building. What the building's done well is select what's called solar reflective intensive materials or materials with a high SRI value, which represents their ability to reflect solar radiant energy away from the building. What this does is support two different things. Firstly, it limits the amount of solar energy which gets absorbed into the building itself, uh, resulting in uncomfortable spaces uh, or additional cooling loads. And what it also does is it prevents that that roof surface from heating up and releasing that heat at night which contributes to what's called the urban heat island roof effect. What that does is it helps keep the temperatures in our city a little bit cooler and a little bit more comfortable uh, in line with the natural ecology of the site. Looking at the heat recovery ventilator or HRV, what we're looking at is a piece of equipment which harvests the heating energy from our exhaust air and puts it into the intake air which we're using to ventilate our spaces. What that does is helps offset the amount of heating we would need to provide in our spaces while also ventilating them. This also provides for 100% outdoor air being provided to the spaces so that you're not spreading smells or viruses or other airborne contaminants between spaces. 
Further, if we were to look down from the main roof, you would see the level three amenity terrace. This is a location that can be utilized by tenants of the building, which has both a kitchen and an outdoor space suitable for a barbecue, having friends and family over to enjoy you know, a larger patio than most typical rental condo units would permit. Building on the open space story, what's important to acknowledge here is that in many instances, a lot of the high density buildings like the one on 355 Menzies would not typically allow for that type of open space or connection to nature. What the level three amenity space does is it supports a larger intent across both this building and the larger Capital Park site to promote people coming outside of their spaces and engaging with both the landscape and the ecology designed into the space as well as the community as a whole. Thank you for joining us on our tour of 355 Menzies today. Reflecting on this project, I think the thing that appeals to me the most is the provision of high quality rental units in proximity to places of work and areas where people can you know, seek amenities, grocery stores, coffee shops, so you really can live and work and commute by foot or by bicycle should you choose to do so. I think what I appreciate most about this project is the way it supports high density development in a good proximity to local amenities and places of work. What that means for me and my preference for all things sustainable is the idea of densifying and making better use of these un traditionally underutilized spaces in lieu of canvassing over existing green spaces in what is known as urban sprawl or just kind of that endless suburban development. This project took a lot of effort and energy to support both providing rental spaces in the James Bay area, but also to make sure it matches the context of the Capital Park development as a whole, which again embodies that type of mix of high quality tenant amenities like the library or like the grocery store, as well as providing high quality rental buildings and market space and market residential units for future owners and occupants of the site.